Good afternoon and welcome to Find Your Sparkle with Jen, where you'll be informed, inspired, and influenced. I'm your host, Jennifer Stewart, owner of Jazz Potential and creator of Find Your Sparkle. And today I am absolutely thrilled to have my friend Corinne Boudreau with us, who is an experienced business lawyer from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Welcome, Corinne. Thank you. My handy gavel here ready. So, oh, oh my gosh, I love We can that. begin now. All right, perfect. Okay, this is great. Now, one of the, I've been wanting to interview you for a couple of years now, so I'm absolutely thrilled that we actually have this time to sit down now. And one of the things that has always, I think, struck me is that you are such a a non-traditional kind of a lawyer. Like when I think of you, I think of fun. I think of somebody who just really enjoys life rather than, I hate to say this, but you know, that stereotypical tight laced, you know, blue, like the tight collars, shirt tie. You're just the total opposite of that. So I want to just, first of all, I think, just get an idea of, of who you are, where you come from, what makes you tick. Sure. So I think I always start with, I'm a Cape Bretoner. So for anyone who's in Canada, that might explain <laughs> it a little bit, but I think Cape <laughs> Bretoners are just known for not taking themselves too seriously, being a little, you know, self-deprecating humor. So I think my sense of humor probably comes from growing up in Cape Breton. But I think beyond that, I just, I realized at some point, and you know, you have many different stages in your life. I realized at one point that fun is like an important value of mine. Sometimes oh people gosh. sort of downplay that. But I think that was, I call that my first midlife crisis. I realized like, why am I not, when you talk about finding your sparkle, I think at some point I lost my sparkle. And I think mm. at that point you sort of stop and look around and go, what's important to me? And I think fun was one of those things that I realized is important to me. So I think that somewhat comes from my family, comes from like a lot of the activities that I always love doing that I kind of lost somewhere along the way of adulthood and having kids. But now I got um, it back. So we're all good. Woohoo. That's amazing. So let's go back and talk a little bit about, you know, your upbringing and when you were having fun before. And then that, that period of time where, you know, that adulthood and being responsible and doing the things that you're supposed to do where, you know, fun is something that you do if you have time later. That's right. Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, I'm, I'm the oldest child in my family. And I don't know if this is, mo is typical of older children, but I wanted to try everything. So I was mm -hmm. kind of like the pioneer. I, always loved sports. So I played every sport that I could get my hands on. Um, I'll, I'll come back to a hockey story later, but I, I, I always, I tried hockey. I tried everything. I, I even tried baton twirling, which was not really my jam, but again, I just, I was terrible at it actually, but I was like a Highland dancer. I did step dancing. I basketball was my main sport, but I just wanted to try everything. So that was kind of part of my, I, I did like competitive sailing, sailing and racing and all this kind of stuff. So I think I just, I was, I was always sort of an adventurous sort. So, mm -hmm. and, and my parents kind of, again, encouraged that to say, Hey, if you want to try that, go ahead. Um, I and, love then, that. and then as I went along, there were, of course, there are always things that you really gravitate to, but I was never afraid to try new things, which always, it would helps when you're an entrepreneur for sure. But my, oh my parents, golly. But my parents also encouraged that and they gave us lots of space to just try new things. So that was kind of part of it. And, um, and then I found some things that I really liked. The other big piece, I say sports and music are kind of two themes that go through my whole life. I can't say that the early days of practicing piano were actually fun, 
but <laughs> there are some things that your mother will say that turn out to be true. And uh, when she said, oh, this will, you'll be happy that I made you go into piano lessons. For sure. I am happy about that now, even though practicing scales for 30 minutes, you know, waiting for that timer to go off on the stove mm-hmm. wasn't always the best, but that was a big theme in my life too, is I always tried, I, I loved music. I liked singing. I liked playing different instruments. Piano was my main instrument growing up. And then later on now I play the guitar a lot, but musical music was just another foundation of fun for me. So really sports and activities like that and music. How do you feel that that was in, did you influence your younger siblings with you being so outgoing and and always trying new things? I think so. I think so. Um, My brothers, I I had two brothers, one of them recently passed away. So it's kind of, it's still in, in May of this year. So it's, it's still kind oh. of hard to talk about Brian, but yeah, I think they kind of gave me a hard time for saying I didn't break in mom and dad in terms of like getting caught doing bad things, but I definitely also broke in mom and dad in terms of, again, signing us up for whatever was on the go. So both of them, again, played sports and, and played musical instruments. And I think I did influence them that way. Awesome. And I love that your parents were so open because oftentimes we have parents that are, you know, very, they have their idea of what we should do. And society is, plays a big role in that. So it's nice to hear your parents obviously didn't abide to anything and they kind of went by their own drum, which is how I feel that you are. You go to the beat of your own drum, which is wonderful. Yeah. And I'm lucky at my age, I'm 51. I'm lucky my parents are still around. Like I just spent, as we're recording this, I just spent a week in Cape Breton with them and they're still very active and fun. You know, they still, again, encourage us all to, to have lots of fun. So, and, and that's good. And where do you think that that comes from? Because so many of us, when we grow up, we lose that ability. We get so serious and focused on our careers and having that life that we're supposed to have. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. I think it's probably a little bit nature and a little bit nurture. I mean, mm-hmm. some people are just, I guess they come out of the womb a little bit more serious. <laughs> and, True. and um, but yeah, I don't know. I think having other people to, to have fun with, and I think I've tried to again, find friends. Not all of my friends are super crazy, but I'll have to say a lot of them. Crazy is not the right word. A lot of my friends are adventurous, you know? Uh Now now I think I look for adventurous people. Not all adventurous in the same way, but that they like to have fun and and adventures. I love that. And really myself with people. I was just, I was just going to say that, you know, your life and who you are really is indicative of those people that are close to you, those, you know, five or six people. So who are those people that are close to you that really influence you? Well, it's so, it's always so hard to narrow it down. Um, I think if I, if I pick one moment again from the last 10 years, so if you're talking about stories and kind of transition points, it was back in February of 2010. At that point, I was the lawyer wearing the Navy suit, the pressed shirts. I still took things to the dry cleaner. I don't know when I've last been to a dry cleaner, but, um, (laughs) you know, I worked at a big law firm downtown. I think for a while, I took a more traditional path in terms of my career. But at some point, again, I realized, like, I'm not having fun working too much. I have these two little kids that I want to be. I want to be that parent for them that encourages them to do lots of fun things. So I just hit a wall. I I went. So we, for a while in Nova Scotia, we didn't have that February family day. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but my local MLA at the time, Diana Whalen, had been kind of promoting it. So I said to myself this February day in 2010, I'm going to take myself a family holiday. I'm not going to go into the office. I actually, one of the sports I said, I couldn't really play because girls in the 70s in Cape Breton didn't play hockey. Mm -hmm. So I'd always wanted to play hockey. So I actually Googled, as you do these days, Googled women's hockey shinny, which is, you know, oh. just kind of going out and playing for fun. And I found that there was a group of women playing um, not far from here. So like out in St. Margaret's Arena, just a little, you know, part of Halifax. But I said, you know what? I'm just going to scrounge together some gear on this February holiday. I'm going to do something, take the day off work, do something I've always wanted to do. And it was almost like magic because that day I showed up in my hockey gear and met the most incredible group of women who are playing hockey. And you have to be a little bit like, again, non-traditional still mm -hmm. to be a woman playing hockey, especially if you're older. Um, again, my daughter's played hockey since she was five and it's not as wow. strange now, but um, still. So I, I met this amazing group of women, loved it, kept playing. The second thing that happened from that group of women was they started saying, oh, I play the, I play the keyboard. I play the drums. I like to sing. And so this whole musical group started. So after hockey, we would go back to someone's house and then someone started bringing instruments and then it turned into this band thing. So again, 2010 to now, I found this wonderful group of women who play hockey, play music. Some people have now retired from hockey, but then we became this, and I use air quotes. For anyone who's listening to this and not watching, <laughs> I'm now using air quotes, this band, and we've been playing together for the last, you know, almost 12 years. So oh that's, my goodness. that's the whole story of the Mother Pluckers. Band. I was just going to say, you have to share the name. So Mother right. Pluckers. And I mean, where did that come from? I mean, I have to ask. Right. I mean, obviously, well, obviously there's the, the pun there, but... <laughs> Who came well, up with that? Yeah, it started out as the hockey team. So the hockey team was the Mother Puckers. So, oh, so, so then from the bat that the band just became the Mother Pluckers. But yeah, the first jersey. I don't have a jersey in in arm's reach right now. If I, if it was hockey season, I might. But um, yeah, it was a bunch of mothers who were literally up in the stands watching their kids play hockey, and then we're like, hey, why don't we do that? So they started this group, and again, it kind of went from there. But that's where oh my the name came from. So, so those when that group of women has influenced me in lots of ways in the last, you know, 10, 12 years, just to have that group of super fun, super adventurous women who I get together with regularly and have fun activities to do. Oh my goodness. It sounds like a blast. And obviously, I mean, you can tell by, you know, your, your attitude, just the way that you present yourself, that you're, you're enjoying life. And it's, it's, it's a huge thing to be able to enjoy life. This last couple of years for most people and many, well, many people, I should say, I shouldn't say most, but for many people, it has been a huge, huge challenge. And I want to know um, what you have done specifically to help with you to be able to get through these times. And we're almost ready for a break, but I just want to segue into that really quickly. And we're going to head for a break. And when we come back, we'll talk more and jump right into that. You're listening to CIOE and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Find Your Sparkle with Jen and welcome back, Corinne. Just before the break, you were talking about sharing some of your mother pucker and mother plucker stories and how these women have influenced you and how much fun that you're having. And I wanted to just get into how you've been navigating these last couple of years 
with the world having gone through this pandemic? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess on the personal side, I mean, I I can't say that every day has been, you know, just all roses. I've had Mm -hmm. kids, we got a pandemic dog. So that was one of the ways we've navigated the pandemic is we adopted a dog. So like, like many other people did. So Kiwi has been banished to the basement at the moment, but (laughs) having a pandemic dog has been great. Um, part of it has been, again, music. Like I say, when people say, what do you do for stress relief? I just go and grab my guitar. And one of the things I've been doing, it's been harder to obviously gather and do music, Mm -hmm. um, but I've still been playing myself. And, and one of the things I started doing a number of years ago was writing songs. So I did write a few pandemic songs. Uh, One of them was called I Miss Hugs. So I I love that. (laughs) It's such a, such a, kind of a cheesy song it actually I wrote it just after John Prine died so it actually kind of and I say this again kind of sounds like a John Prine if John Prine had wrote a song called I Miss Hugs it might have sounded a little bit like that so um, that's one of the things in business wise again I am self-employed I I used to work for a big law firm I, I took the leap into entrepreneurship in 2013 over the years, I've really transitioned. I started out wanting to do law, a law firm differently, which I think I did. Um, but over time, I started teaching, like teaching a course in person to entrepreneurs, because I saw that, again, just waiting for entrepreneurs to show up in your office, there's all, yes. kinds of, all kinds of problems with that. So I went to like fixed fees, being more online, doing all kinds of things, and then teaching a course. Then I took that course content and put it online. So I've actually been online. uh, The first time I launched my online course, I'm trying to think, I think it was in 2019, early, yeah, the January of 2019, I had an online course that I launched. So I've really been, again, before the pandemic sort of forced people online, I've already been online for a couple of years. So that's helped to develop like, just being used to connecting with people online. Mm-hmm. I had a big community of online course creators that I was a part of. Yeah, I th- so I think that really helped too, was just already being, having my business online, being used to, we're, we're recording this on Zoom. Like I've had Zoom for six or seven years now. So it's not, a, it wasn't a new, new thing, thing to me. That was kind of just like a very seamless transition. I was already used to working from home. So some of that was definitely a little bit easier. Although awesome. I, hadn't I, love that. Home, I hadn't worked from home with like teenagers and a dog before, but you know. Oh my gosh. Well, talk a little bit about that because I know a lot of people have, I mean, that's, that's real life, right? I mean, then you have to, you're used to it, but your kids and dog and husband, I mean, that's, that's a, it's a big transition. How did you navigate that? And how, you know, what, what kind of obstacles or challenges did you face? Um, again, or I the, think kids, a, the kids, uh, yeah, I should I, say. <laughs> Yeah, I think a sense of humor comes in handy there too. Totally. I mean, sometimes I, I just look over and uh, my son was sort of in the same, we, we didn't have any walls behind between us. So he'd either be, you know, speaking French in his class very reluctantly because again, teenage boys don't want to talk very much. They were doing yoga at one point um, dur- during their phys ed classes. So, and the dog was trying to do yoga with him. Like, you know, it was just, <laughs> it was pretty chaotic at times. <laughs> It's all good. And well, something is, yeah. and something's burning on the stove, you know, cause someone else has put it on there and left and, but you know, forgot. Yeah. That's funny. So yeah. I want to go back to, because I love, I love 
your story. I love that you've been online for a while. I love that you took that leap. Let's go back to when you took that leap where you decided, you know what, this big law firm firm downtown is not me anymore. And, and that's not what I want. So talk a little bit about that, because I think people really need to hear that, you know, whatever kind of profession or whatever you're doing, there's always room to grow. There's always room to change and, and you can do whatever it is that you want to do. So talk about that. Right. Well, Again, I, I wrote a song about it after a couple of years after the fact called Soul the Soul Sucking Situation. So that's what oh my it gosh. felt like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think a lot of people relate to that. Yeah, because you kind of can't even put your finger on what is wrong. You just know that what you want and the culture of the place you're working is just a complete disconnect. So I'd kind of gone to them and said, look, I want to work less. You can pay me less. Can we work that out? And it really, it couldn't. So it was just yeah. a culture that didn't, wasn't particularly flexible. And then I actually, in between, went to mm -hmm. work at an accounting firm because my specialty was tax. So I could actually work inside an accounting firm. And they actually had more flexible policies, but you still mm. realize that there's just a cultural element at some point, like corporate, the corporate world just doesn't fit with your values anymore. The other right. thing that became clear to me is who do I love working with? I love working with entrepreneurs and small businesses, even micro businesses. So like one, one person shops up to maybe five to 10 employees at the biggest, but the places that I worked, big law firm, big accounting firm, weren't set up for that. So again, right. I, I just, when you think about who do you want to work with and then how do I structure my business to best suit their needs? I think one of the smart things I did when I first took that big leap was instead of some lawyers were like, oh, you can come put it, set up your office, you know, with our law firm and we can be neighbors and all that stuff. I said, no, I want to put myself where my clients are. So I actually joined a co-working space and like put myself right in the middle of the clients who I wanted to serve. So oh, I love I, that. That's and great. Then I was, and then I was just always listening for what do they need? Like, what are their frustrations? What are they actually trying to do? So I think that helps you to be, you know, innovative and creative is just listening to people, but, but not just every now and then, like really trying right. to do it all the time. Oh my golly, that is so important. Now, when you were in that situation, that's, I think that just really resonated with me because it's all about your target market and your niche and really, really digging, digging down. And you didn't have an opportunity to do that while in corporate. So how did you figure out that those, that was the group that you wanted to work with? Um, I mean, I think it's just your gut. I mean, mm -hmm. into like your intuition, something at some point you'll learn to like, listen to your gut. Like, okay, I have two files on my desk. Which one of them do I want to pick up right now? Like which one of them fires me up? Who do I want to call? Who do I really want to help? I mean, it just becomes clear at some point. Once you get past the technical skills of, again, whatever you're doing, whether it's lawyering or whatever else, you just, you just gravitate to a certain type of client or customer or whatever you want to call them that you want to work with. So yeah, working with small businesses and entrepreneurs just got me fired up. You and I first met, I don't even know how many years ago now, quite a few years ago at the Center for Women in Business in Halifax. And I think that that was, for me, that that it was really wonderful when I first started my business to be able to go and be among other women and talking. So did that play any kind of a role or a factor in influencing the direction that you took? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I had been a member before I went on to my own, although I kind of knew it was there. And I knew some of the people who worked there, but definitely um, it was a great, it still is a great gathering space for me to, to again, meet other women and just share ideas and even just share all the, you know, the crap. 
Yes. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. Well, you have to be able to unload sometimes. I mean, no one wants to be that person who's always, you know, the negative Nelly, but at the same time, you have to be able to have that reciprocation and be able to unload. I want to go back to when you were talking about your listening to your influence, your intuition and your gut. A lot of people still have a hard time with that. How did you learn to trust your gut and what does um, that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I think it was a, I think it was a gradual process. Again, I think some of the people that I surrounded myself with were more skilled at it than I was. So they kind of helped bring me along, you know, or give me some tools. And I can't remember what they were exactly right now, but uh, otherwise I'd share them. But yeah, just, I think, again, putting yourself around a different group of people who maybe do that more than I think lawyers might be more apt to tap into the logical sides of their brain more often. So I don't know. I think I just, again, had a supportive group of people around me that were like, okay, if that's what you're. So if that's really what you think, then we'll support you in doing this new venture, whatever it looks like. Oh my goodness. I love that. And it sounds to me that your sphere of influence is primarily supportive people, people who are high vibe. Do you, what do you do if you have encounters with the, you know, the low vibe or, you know, toxic people, how do you, how do you navigate them and what do you do for yourself? Yeah, I guess I'm lucky that I don't have any toxic people that I have to see. Like again, some people. That's a good thing. Yeah. Again, if you have, you know, a family member or something, I know you can't always get away from them, but um, again, I think I say I have two teenagers and you see what teens go through in school and peer pressure and you're, oh you're trying gosh. to be cool and all that stuff. I mean, I think at some point, again, part of my, you know, the midlife crisis or whatever you want to call it is you also, I also realize like, I, I don't need, you know, I can choose who I want to be around and I'm happy to leave some people behind. So I think I did intentionally just cut some people out that were not, that were not serving me. And again, sometimes that's, awkward. I have to say, I'm lucky that I didn't have any, anybody again, that I had to stick around. Those were mostly friends or acquaintances or distant family members, or, you know what I mean? People that I could more easily cut out. I know that's not possible for everyone, but yeah, I just decided I get to choose who I, who I spend time with. Yeah. I don't want to be around those low vibe negative people. Oh my goodness. So if you were to give people tips that had to, to basically to follow their dreams and have more fun in their life, because people sometimes, I know I literally coached clients who are afraid to have fun. They don't know how to have fun anymore. They have forgotten. And it's one of my favorite things to do is, you know, think back to when you were a kid and, and that those times that brought you joy, what would you say to people to help get them out to push them to that next level, being a, a grown up? that we, you know, we've been conditioned to think that, you know, fun is for children and, you know, grow up, right. You know, what are you doing? This is, I'm hoping that things are starting to change for people. And I feel that they are, I feel that, you know, when we have these kinds of conversations and people are hearing this, that fun is people are starting to realize, Hey, you know what? Fun is good. Fun is important. Yeah. Well, I think what's, what's really helped sustain the fun is to can to find an activity Again, whether it's playing hockey. So I actually play hockey in a league. So if I have a game Thursday at seven, I'm there. You know, I don't want to let my team down. I'm there Thursday at seven. Um, with band practices, we actually try to practice every Tuesday afternoon. So again, I don't, we don't, we don't actually make it every Tuesday afternoon. We have gigs that we, you know, public performances. So there's a certain accountability in there, although it's a very loosey goosey kind of accountability. But again, like for me, I'm kind of a group. I always played team sports. So for me, again, knowing myself, I like to be part of a team. So I found some, again, we'll call them fun teams, 
but fun groups of people. So even if it's just someone texting you saying, you're coming this afternoon, right? Or, <laughs> or it's so-and-so's birthday today. Can you pick up a card on your way? Like all of that, the group cohesion kind of helps you to keep showing up. It sounds super formal. Official. But, it, but again, <laughs> it's like it, it goes in your schedule and you know that other people are counting on you to be there. So that's that's definitely helped. Again, from the mom standpoint, like you don't want to feel guilty about, I, I actually don't have mom guilt. I think I'm lucky. Again, I don't have mom guilt. So I love yay, it. I love yay it. For, yay for um, that. Oh my gosh. I'm just looking at the time and we're actually out of time. But my final question for you is what makes you sparkle? I have to say like when I'm playing my guitar around a campfire and other people are singing, like that's the best. That's, that's the best. Yeah. I love especially, it. I especially love if it. they're like friends and family. So that, that lights me up. Awesome. It has been an absolute pleasure. I think that we could talk and talk forever. Uh, it's been an honor having you here and I look forward to catching up with you again sometime soon in, in face-to-face would be even even better. You're listening to CIOE. We'll see you next time, friends. And remember to go out and do something to make you sparkle today and every day. Bye for now, friends. Welcome to the bonus segment. Now, Corinne and I were just talking and I, I said, I felt like we just had, we still have more things to talk about. And Corinne, you have such an awesome, uh, an awesome business. I wanted to talk really quickly before I forget, if you could just give us an outline of, you know, some of the ways that you can help, because I know a lot of people who are listening are entrepreneurs and do live in Canada. And I don't know for our friends in the, in the, the U S uh, if, some of the things that you have, I'm sure are applicable to them too, other than I think specific, maybe tax rules and that kind of thing. But can you talk a little bit about how you can help specifically? And you've got a gift that we can, that people are able to download too. Sure. Yeah. So my business is called Online Legal Essentials. So really, again, what, what came out of talking to entrepreneurs and hanging out with entrepreneurs is they just wanted an easier way to figure out Am I doing all the legal stuff that I should? People would always say, I don't, mm. I don't know what I don't know. So that's mm-hmm. really why I, de- uh, why I developed this PDF checklist. So the PDF checklist will help you, again, mostly for Canadians to see if I'm going, if I'm, my business is now operating online, which lots of them are, what are kind of the main points that I need to be thinking about? And then from the next step, again, sometimes people might go to a presentation from a lawyer and then they think, okay, that's great. Now you've got me fired up. Now what do I do? So that's really the other piece that I tried to make it easier for entrepreneurs. So some of the things I sell are legal templates and courses. So again, if you say, oh, I just, I need to put a privacy policy on my website. I sell the template for that on my website. And it comes with a video that you can just watch through and it gives you very clear instructions about how to fill out your privacy first of all, why you need one, what is it, but then how to fill it out. And then you can just do it right away. So again, I'm trying to make it easy for entrepreneurs to get the legal foundation in place so that they can move on with the rest of the, you know, the rest of what they do in their business. I love that. Now, you're, you, one of your claim to fame is you're the first lawyer in Canada who's done that or first lawyer that you, do we know in North America? No, there's actually been a number of lawyers in the U.S. And again, the legal market in the U.S. is more competitive. So I always say it's more competitive. So it means they've had to be more innovative. So I've actually met a couple of lawyers in the U.S. who sell legal templates for that market. But I was the first one that I know of. And I actually had someone do research, like formal research about this. 
There are now at least one other than I know of who's doing it, but still pretty early days in Canada in terms of legal selling legal templates. But I mean, it's certainly it's it's awesome. And I mean, for people who are starting businesses and do have online businesses, I mean, there are so many things that things are changing all of the time. So it's important to have someone like you who is knowledgeable that can help to, you know, cover people's butts, really, I guess would be would be yeah. the, the bottom line. Yeah. So I'm always trying to figure out ways of, again, how do I connect with entrepreneurs in ways that make sense to them? Not necessarily just in ways that make sense to me or that I learned in law school or that other lawyers are doing. So, yeah. And, and part of that is just having things online. What I actually find is that people buy things like at midnight or like Sunday morning, or there's lots of times that people might be doing their legal stuff in weird, you know, wherever they can jam it in. So I know that nine to five, Monday to Friday, is not the only time that people Typical. need legal stuff, right? Yeah, especially for especially for entrepreneurs. So when you think about when you go now, your your world now, having your business online, it must have freed you up a lot for doing a lot more of those things that you love. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and it's more still- a lot more time freedom. Like I still work, but again, you you decide when that's going to be, so you can work around band practice you can work around hockey games you can work about around the kids activities and just being around for them so absolutely what does that your future look like oh man good question I mean <laughs> I don't plan to retire anytime soon some of my friends are starting to retire and I think yeah. ooh, really is that where we are now so but yeah I I think I just want to again stay on this path it started and it's 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 taken all kinds of different turns, but a wise lawyer once said to me, you'll always go where your clients lead you. And I didn't really mm. know what he meant, but again, I think legal innovation is only just starting. So mm-hmm. I look forward to, again, seeing what questions people ask me, listening to them and just seeing where that will lead me. And really paying attention. I love that. One of the things I know with you is you, you really, um, you take your personal growth pretty serious too I think I think that you're you're always looking for new ways what is what are some of the biggest tips and the biggest lessons that you've had throughout your own experience and your own personal growth um well I think one of the things I kind of had to get over as an entrepreneur is done is better than perfect and again because you can't when you're trying new things when you're like innovating developing new products Sometimes you just need to get them out there. So I think just learning that entrepreneurial way of thinking was very different than my lawyerly way of thinking. Lawyerly way of thinking is you want to have 100% certainty of the answer before you do anything. Again, which is why sometimes people get frustrated with their lawyer who is like, can't quite get to 100%. Um, But other than that, I think it's I mean, being an entrepreneur, you really, and I'm sure I know some of your other guests have talked about this. You really have to put yourself out there. So Mm -hmm. you kind of have to get okay with um, doing that. And I think part of that is, again, learning about yourself and being comfortable with who you are, even if it's, you know, not, not what other people, you just can't worry about what other people are thinking or being perfect or all these other kind of things that society tries to impose on us it's just like here I am and then once you do that and you get some feedback you actually get lots of different feedback but you try to again find your people 
I know there's, I think I've found my people and the rest mm-hmm. of the people, they're not my people. So that's right. You just kind of have to be good with that. One of my mentors says, you know, not everybody is going to love peaches. you know if you're a peach and that's okay it's totally all right I think sometimes it takes and and I think women especially you know have a hard time accepting that initially but once you get over that hump and I think that age has a big factor it plays a huge role in that too I mean you know you get to that age where it's like you know what all this like you were saying you know 2010 was a big year for you that was a, coincidentally that was a huge year for me too that's right when I started when I was like what am I going to do when I grow up you know and then <laughs> I started my business in 2011 you know so it's it is it's a lot of a wake-up call but you know really really getting down to who am I and figuring that out and and you know finding your sparkle and that's all we're finding your sparkle came from is that whole transition back then and thinking oh my gosh I had you know, when, as a kid, I had all these dreams about where I was going to be. And then the world came in and life came in and I was living things the way that I was supposed to, and everything looked okay, but it was that inside that was the difference. And that, that for me, that was what precipitated making that big change. That, that sounds kind of similar to, to what you yeah, experienced. Absolutely. And, and so many of the clients that I work with and the people who bought my templates and I have a membership program now. Like a lot of the people that I've attracted are women who, again, have like found their sparkle or in the process of finding their sparkle and doing some awesome things in businesses in very non-traditional ways. So they're, they're like a great group. Again, they inspire me. When I think about all the things that my clients and customers are doing out there in the world, they're a pretty awesome bunch. So again, they, they make it worthwhile to keep, to keep going. That's fabulous. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but is there anything else you can think of that might inspire or influence our audience today? Oh man. I think a lot of people are just afraid of legal stuff. Like, Oh, it's so true. The legal legal profession. Yeah. The legal profession, whether intentionally or not intentionally, I think we've made it seem super complicated, super expensive, just so out of the realm for most people to think about. And I just think what I'm trying to do is again, make it seem there are complicated aspects to it, but you know your business, you are already managing all of the risks in your business. And I think with some assistance, again, with some guidance, it is something that you can tackle in your, inside your business. So don't be afraid of all the legal stuff. Um, you know, the foundational pieces can be fairly straightforward and and don't ignore it. So, you know, <laughs> that, you know what, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very important piece there. Just, just, uh, can you talk a little bit about that more? Because I know that some people are, you know, let's just pretend that this is not even happening or doesn't exist right now. And, yeah. and they do ignore it. And what kind of trouble happens? Yeah, well, I think, again, without going into like, I don't think most people are going to be sued by a huge corporation. And I mean, no. again, that that's like a remote possibility. But I think one of the things that happens to people fairly quickly and once their business starts to grow is that you wish you had a written contract. So you wish you had a client contract. You wish you had a contract with somebody that you hired to do some work. So just if you don't have something written down, you probably haven't created clear enough expectations up front. I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the best things that contracts do is it helps you to get on the same page from the beginning. So one of the things I talk about is like whenever you have a relationship, 
you can put that in a contract. And again, it doesn't have to be super complicated, but it just helps you get on the same page, create clear expectations. And then if you do, if someone decides not to pay you or you know, steal your stuff or un other unfortunate things that happen down the road, you will just have a better you know, leg to stand on if you do have to take some action. But Perfect. really it's about, it's about prevention and creating clear expectations that can really help um, help your business. But again, you can't all, you can't do that after the fact. Well, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Any final words before we close for today? Oh, I don't know. I think, uh, I, I think, I, I think I've said it all now, I think. <laughs> well, it really has been a lot of fun. And I'm so glad that we finally did get to catch up. Like I say, it's been literally a few years that I've wanted to do this interview. So Everything happens in the perfect time. So I think now is definitely the perfect time. Yeah, but hopefully we will see each other in Halifax sometime soon. Oh my goodness, that would be lovely. I, I'm, I'm living in Malagash now, so it's a little bit of a commute, but I have to definitely, uh, now that the travel is good, I will be spending more time in the city. But thank you so much for being here. It has been a lot of fun. Well, thank you. And we will talk to you soon. Oh, we can, there we, we can go. Now, we can now adjourn. Perfect. Thank you. Bye, everyone. And remember, go out and do something that makes you sparkle. Thanks so much, Corinne. Bye for now. Bye.